Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, October 25th. This is Mailbox Monday, and I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes fielding your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. My name is Heidi St. John, and after serving Washington families for the past 17 years, I am running for Congress to put a proven conservative voice in the House of Representatives to represent the people of Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. If you've had enough of liberals who disguise themselves as conservatives, I need your help. Together, we can tell both the rhinos and opportunistic out-of-state candidates we want our voice back. To join me in my fight for Congress, please visit HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So, wow, thanks to everybody who came out to hear me in Charlotte, North Carolina, and especially for those of you who came to the private fundraiser that we held there for my run for the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, That race, by the way, is heating up. And I need your help. I'm not going to lie. If you guys have never contributed to a a congressional campaign, if you've never considered yourself political, or even if you've already contributed to my run for Congress, we need to raise about $250,000 more by the end of this next quarter. That's a huge fundraising goal, and I know we can do it. Uh, Please help me. I will link back to that in the show notes today. You guys can go to Heidi St. John for Congress. Also, we're coming to the end of the month of October, which means we're getting ready to start our study in the book of 2 Timothy. And Timothy, you know, this, this letter written by the Apostle Paul to encourage Timothy as he's getting ready to take over this ministry that God had given him. And I'm sure he was a little bit afraid. And there's a lot of fear in the culture right now. One of the things I love so much about the books of First and Second Timothy is that the Apostle Paul really does address the issue of fear head on. And he reminds young Timothy that God didn't give him that spirit. And I think we need that reminder today. God didn't give you guys a spirit of fear, but power love and a sound mind. That is who you are in Christ. And so before I get to your questions today, I'm going to start with Psalm 37. This is a Psalm that David wrote, and I think it's really applicable to where we are right now. Are you guys ready for this? Get ready. It's a little bit conviction from the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about the wicked. I'm just going to say it again, all louder for the people in the back. Okay, you listening? Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they will soon wither. And now, so David's telling you what not to do. And now, in true David fashion, he's going to come and he's going to tell you what to do. Instead, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. I'm gonna stop right there because I feel like that might be the story of my life right now. Do you guys ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're just frustrated because it looks like people who lie and who do evil things are prospering? David's saying, quit worrying about it. Knock it off. You got other things to do. Oh, wait, he tells you what to do. 
He says to commit your way to the Lord. He says, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on around you, do good. So we should be about the Father's business, right? We should be about doing good and trusting the Lord. And the Bible says that when we do that, he'll help us and he will make our innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of our cause will shine like the noonday sun. I love this because I think oftentimes, you know, when we're uh, going through heartache and, and struggle and a lot of us are there right now, it seems like there's evil just everywhere and it's prospering and it just makes you mad. But if you go to verse eight, David tells you what to do about that. He says, stop being angry, right? So if he's in my house, he'd be like, hey, dummy, stop being angry. We tell ourselves that when we're being angry. It's kind of a dumb thing to do because really, what have you helped in your anger? Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And then he tells you how come you don't have to lose your temper. He says, for the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. That's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture, Psalm 37, verses 1 to 9. Uh, This is a great opportunity for you guys to demonstrate to your children where your trust is found. Uh, This is one of the reasons I started MomStrong International. It's why we do the scripture writing challenge every single day. If you've not joined us over there yet, we're teaching you how to teach the word to your children. We've got scripture writing and copy work for your kids and devotions for you and a chance to really dig deep into the word of God. And And the truth is, If we don't come out of this season that we are in right now, and the last two years have been difficult, right? When I started talking to you guys about this way back in March of 2020, and I kept telling you, it's going to be fine, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. And then I started losing my income and I started having events cancel and it really hit me uh, in a lot of different ways, you know, and the first thing we did, right, was we, we thought, well, we'll paint the kitchen, right? We're home for two weeks then it was three weeks and it was four weeks and it was six weeks and it was three months. And after a while, that frustration really turned to anger. And then the anger turned to grief and the grief turned to discouragement. And the discouragement, if you don't stop it and get in touch with the Lord, turns to depression. And I see it all over the culture right now. And David says that the antidote to that is to trust the Lord. The antidote to that is to commit everything that we do to the Lord and trust him. And the Bible says that when we do that, he'll help us but he's not going to be able to help us if we don't trust him, right? It's like, a, it's like a, a parent who's watching a young child learn how to walk, right? I've watched seven children learn how to walk. It's not pretty. Lots of bumps and bruises, lots of tears. And there've been so many times that I'm, you know, I'm a foot and a half away. I was just uh, with my granddaughter, Juniper. The other day we went out to the pumpkin patch. Uh, that was fun. You guys should totally check that out. I went to the patch in Woodland for those of you who are local. That was awesome. So we're out there with my granddaughter and she's getting frustrated, right? Because she's trying to walk among the vines in this pumpkin patch. Well, she's only like, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. So she's pretty little and she's toddling around. And I was about maybe a foot from her. And I could tell that her instinct was to get down on the ground and start to crawl. But she looked down and what was around her? Mud, vines, rotting pumpkins. I mean, that's the truth. It wasn't as picturesque as I wanted it to be, but whatever. I'm telling Juniper, I was like, Junie, look at Mamsie. I'm right here. And if she kept her eyes on me and all she had to do was take those two little steps, I was right there. She trusted me and I helped her. 
And I think this is how the Lord sees us. The Lord calls us children. He also, by the way, calls us sheep. I used to raise sheep. Sheep are stupid. There's a reason why the Lord calls us sheep. And over and over again, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. So as I answer your questions today, I really want you guys to keep that in mind because otherwise we just get discouraged. And there's no reason for us to be discouraged when we know the Lord. And God wants to do something powerful in us right now. This is why you guys heard me have the guests on the show last week that I had on. The guests that are coming on this week are going to encourage you also. We need to be invested in knowing God's word and being ambassadors for him, even in the middle of what are, I think, some of the most trying times for most people in the world right now. I mean, if you've got your eyes screwed into your head, it's frustrating what's happening. But in the midst of it, God says, trust me and I'll help you. All right. So the first question comes from Sarah. Hey, Sarah from Gatesburg. How you doing, Sarah? She said, hi, Heidi. My 15-year-old was interested in going to a Young Life meeting, and I've never heard of the organization before. I did some research, but there are so many mixed reviews and information. I was wondering if you could tell me your views on it. Thank you very much. Okay, so Sarah, I participated in Young Life years ago, but I'm not willing to vouch for them now. And it's not because I have any bad information. It's because I think that the best thing for you to do is to go to the people that are leading it and ask them some questions. I would be going to those people and saying, hey, what's your views on critical race theory? How do you feel about transgenderism? Would you guys consider yourselves woke? How do you feel about what's happening politically right now? Because if this uh, if this organization has any influence in the lives of these young people, and it sounds like it does, I would hope that they're opening their eyes to what's happening around them instead of uh, taking the woke narrative that so many of these Christian organizations are taking right now. So I think, and I could be wrong, but I think many of these organizations right now that I trusted 15 years ago, uh, I no longer trust. And it's not because necessarily the, the, uh, the mission of the organization has changed. It's because the ethos of the people who run the organizations are different from the founders. Does that make sense? So I think you need to do your own homework. So you've done research on the internet. Now I would do the hard thing and I would go to the people and say, hey, I'm considering having my 15-year-old join your organization, but I've got a few questions for you. And then sit patiently and wait for their answers. And, you know, we've we've done a lot of harm, I think, to ourselves over the last 30 years. Thank you, internet, because we get everything we need from Google. And it keeps us from going to actual people and asking actual questions because we're nervous, our hands are sweating, we don't want there to be confrontation. You have to start doing these things in person, Sarah. So that's that would be my encouragement to you uh, about this. Let me know how it goes. Write back and let me know how it goes. I'll be interested to hear. Michelle from Virginia. Hey, Heidi. Hey, Michelle. Do you have any thoughts on celebrating Halloween or trick-or-treating or Santa Claus? All right, you guys. You've been listening to my podcast for eight years, some of you. And so you already know what I'm going to say. I get these questions every single year. Well, okay, Michelle, I'll read the rest of your question. Despite doing this in the past, my husband and I feel like it was a mistake that we should not continue. And this year we decided to stop. But I'm surprised at the judgment and backlash from Christians around me. I feel like Halloween and Santa are worldly influences that take our focus off of Jesus, but also struggle with the feeling that we are stealing something from her childhood. So Michelle, we talked, remember this this time last week, I was answering another divisive topic. We talked about alcohol. This time we're going to talk about Halloween. I love that you guys are asking me these questions because I'm not afraid to actually talk about anything. So 
I'm going to encourage you to a place of trusting the Lord. And how about we not land on either side of this issue, throwing stones at each other across the fence, right? That's what bothers me more than anything else. My grandfather was a pastor in an evangelical church and they loved celebrating for whatever reason. My grandmother loved to scare the pants off of us. She thought it was the most, the funniest thing. I never questioned their walk with the Lord or their commitment to scripture. I think today, I would say in 2022, actually for many, many years now, my family has not participated in uh, Halloween. You're not going to come to my house and see ghouls, you know, and skeletons hanging from the door. I used to do that when I was a kid. Frankly, I feel like I see a ghoul every time I go to Walmart now. So I don't need to bring it home with me. I'm not going to participate in it. But if one of my neighbors is doing it and I know that they're Christians, I'm not going to go over there and lecture them about it either. Do you see what I'm saying? I feel the same way about Santa Claus. My kids know who Santa Claus is. They know that he's an imaginary figure. And we've had, you know, we take him to see Santa Claus. They sit on his lap. And my kids have never said, I wonder if Santa and baby Jesus are the same. They're not confused. They know that that's just something fun that we did. There are lots of people that feel differently about it. And that's okay. You know, I think for you to notice the worldly influences, particularly now, uh, is a is, this is a good time, and I think Halloween's probably the best example of this. I told my family way back in September, I was like, I am skipping uh, straight to Thanksgiving this year. Did not pass go, did not collect two hundred dollars, so I put the pilgrims up and everything, you know. <laughs> and I did it in September uh, because I wanted to focus on being thankful, and I wanted to remember the incredible heritage that we come from in the United States. And this is a great time to study the pilgrims uh, and to focus on things that we have to be thankful for. And so I wouldn't worry at all that if you guys decide not to do Halloween, that you're stealing something from your kid's childhood. I wouldn't even worry about it with Santa. But I'd also say, you know, don't get so uptight about it. You know, there's some people that are so heavenly minded that they're, they're of no earthly good. And they're really, can I just say, don't get mad. They're no fun either right? And so lighten up a little bit and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And I think it's okay. We can make decisions, you know, like our family's not doing Halloween and I have lots of good reasons for that. I don't, I don't actually have Santa in my home either, but it's not because Jay and I, you know, sat our kids down and said, we're not doing Santa. It's just because I have way more beautiful nativity scenes to put up around my house and I love evergreen and that's my reason. So, you know, tell your kids that Santa's not real. You know, and that's what we did. And they were fine. They were no worse for wear. So everybody's got to do something different. What I don't want to see in the Christian community, particularly now, is fighting. We fight about this every single year. And uh, I'm just wondering if we'd stop fighting. I don't know. Maybe that's too much to ask right now, but I hope not. Listener from Mississippi said, how would you suggest taming my and my husband's tongues? Cursing and short fuses have become commonplace because we are so stressed right now. It seems we're in a rut and can't seem to completely overcome this besetting sin. You know what? I I have to tell you, I love the honesty of this question because if we're honest, everybody is stressed out right now. And I think I hear a lot more cursing. I'm hearing a lot more people who are having a whole lot more alcohol than they would normally have. You know, there's something, there are things that we do when we're stressed that pull from our flesh rather than from the spirit. And if we're honest, every single one of us does it on one level or another. Some of us are going to struggle with cursing. Some of us are struggling with alcohol. Some of us are struggling with short fuses. And we've got to get back to saying, Lord, please help me. And, you know, there's there's nothing, obviously nothing you can do about your husband, but you can sure do something about yourself, right? And so one of the things that we did uh, in our home when this was an issue was we gave each other permission to say, hey, we're doing something different. 
So it wasn't a pointing at the a finger at anyone and it wasn't a chastisement. It was a reminder, hey, we're doing something different. We're we're leaning into the Lord. And I think we can say, hey, we're doing something different when we feel like we've overstepped our bound in whatever it is, right? Because we can't pass on what we don't possess. Our kids are watching us. And I have said this before. I'm going to continue to say it. I know this is a bummer, but I think that this hard time that we're in right now is going to continue for a little while longer. And the Lord wants to grow us up in it. So how about we start growing up? I love this question. I love that you guys are looking at doing it. You know, study the verses in the Bible that talk about the damage that we can do to each other. It has nothing really to do with cursing, but it has a lot to do with short fuses. You know, the Bible says that a, sh- that a calm answer turns away wrath, but a short answer, a short fuse stirs up anger. And we don't want that in our home. Our home should be places of respite and joy. And so I love this question uh, from Mississippi. Let me know how you guys are doing. I would love to hear the follow-up. Amy from Indiana said, my husband has a heart condition and an autoimmune disorder. His company denied his medical exemption signed by his doctor. The company is huge and has been spreading the past eight weeks, spending the past eight weeks covering all their bases, have declined all exemptions that we know of. How do we fight this? By the way, to cover their rear ends, they are stating that he can get a non-customer facing job with a company which would require us to relocate. So Amy, this breaks my heart. Like so many of the questions that I get at the podcast, I would say 90, 90% of them right now are coming in from people whose husbands are losing their jobs. Um, I had an, I heard an interesting story the other day from a woman in Michigan, and she said that they fired her because she wouldn't get the vaccine. So that's what I'm telling you. Make them fire you. Don't quit. Make them fire you. Collect unemployment. And then when this thing is all over, I hope we sue the pants off these people because they will have earned it. But this lady quit her job, this nurse, or they fired her rather. And then the hospital had a shortage and they put out, not a mandate, but they put out an opportunity for visiting nurses, for people who are temporary workers. So she went to a temp agency and the temp agency didn't make her get the vaccine and the hospital rehired her at a greater wage and she didn't have to get the vaccine. And I thought that was just the Lord answering her prayer. And so hang in there um, and just be really, really praying. We've had some really hard things happen in my family in the last couple of weeks regarding the vaccine and the mandates, and I'm not going to go into it at the podcast. But I say that so that you guys know that I think this is affecting almost everyone in the country right now. And the Lord knows it. God sees it. And we're starting to see people speak out. I was just uh, on Newsmax last Tuesday talking about this. This is wrong what is happening. So stand firm, stand in truth. And I do believe that the Lord's going to help us. Hang in there, Amy. And from Colorado, how should we interpret women to be silent? 1 Timothy 2.11, our Bible study group emotions have been scattered. All right, what I'm going to encourage you to do, I'm actually not going to spend a lot of time on this. This was a cultural issue, and we talked about this absolutely at MomStrong International. We are going through the book of 1 Timothy right now, and we just spent about a day and a half on this particular topic. I'm going to encourage you guys to go to MomStrongInternational.com and download the study in First and Second Timothy. There's video teaching on it. I think you guys will be really blessed. Uh, don't let the adversary lie to you about how God sees women, all right? God doesn't want you to be silent He's not saying that you can't have jewelry. There are so many misinterpretations of these passages and they need careful 
uh, study and careful interpretation, but we know God's heart for women. We can read it all throughout scripture. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice he didn't say God so loved men. He said God loves the world. Study Deborah. Uh, study her life. Study Ruth. Uh, study Eunice. Oh my goodness. You know, Timothy's grandmother who raised him obviously in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then wait and see what God will do because God wants you to use your voices for his glory and not to be shunned or quieted by people who would misinterpret First uh, Timothy 2.11. All right. So check it out at MomStar International. We're studying the book of First Timothy right now. One more question comes in from Vancouver, Washington. Woot, woot. Hey guys, everyone in my family is vaccinated. I just had a baby, so my husband supported me not getting it. I am the only one pushing back against the mask mandate. My husband will pick up the kids from church ministry because he will wear a mask. He hasn't said this, but it's based on his actions. And I'm the only one concerned that vaccine passports will hinder our family trip in three years. I feel unsupported and alone by my family and my husband. How do I navigate this? So a couple of things I would say right off the top of my head. Remember I said uh, last Monday when we were talking about your, we were taking your questions, I was saying that the, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that we are to live in this world, not as unwise, but as wise, understanding that the days are evil and that the times around us are dark. And we are definitely living in a dark time. And so I would encourage you, first of all, please, please, please do not let this come in between you and your husband. I know uh, wonderful people in my life whose husbands have taken the vaccine just to not lose their job. They just couldn't, for whatever reason, didn't think that they could stand up against it. Uh, and I would encourage you, continue to do your homework and then pray for your husband that he might be won over by your prayers and by the Holy Spirit in his life. It sounds like you're married to a Christian man. And when you're talking about your trip that's coming up in three years, can I just tell you the Bible says not to worry about tomorrow, Right? Because every day has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry about what's going to go on in three years. Let's worry about what's going to go on in three hours, right? Sometimes just three minutes. Can you do three minutes? Three minutes? Three hours? Three weeks? Right? But three years is too far out. We don't even know. We have no idea what our country is going to look like in three years. I don't even know what we're going to look like in three months, honestly. So that's why the Bible says take one day at a time. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I would encourage you to continue to do your homework and speak truth to your husband, but don't let it become a point of contention between you. I think that this honors the Lord. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we hope that you will share this podcast and leave reviews for it at iTunes and for my books, wherever books are sold. We love you guys. Hang in there. Get into the book of Psalms today and read the rest of Psalm 37. I know you guys will be blessed. Have a great day and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.